Hey guys, we're so glad you're tuning into the Apex Students Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message from Apex Students, and we pray that you don't walk away without looking a little bit more like Jesus. Hi guys, how's it going? Welcome to week two of Awkward Conversations. This is the, um, obviously, this is the series where we're going to be talking about uh, prayer and how to make it a little bit less awkward than that whole experience was. That's not what you want. That is not what you want to do at all. You could tell that he was super nervous. You could tell that he like, really wanted to impress the people in the room. And um, it's super cringe. Like It was cringe to the maximum. And so that's what we want to avoid. We want to avoid cringe to the maximum. But also, praying to impress people, that's not what prayer is about, right? It's about... It's not about like sounding important or knowing what you're doing. It's about having a connection. <laughs> it's about having a connection with God, right? It's, like, it's about praying to God, having a conversation with our Heavenly Father, our Creator, and our friend. That's what prayer is about. So that's what we're going to jump into tonight. Last week, we learned about praying up. Does anybody remember what that was about? What was it about? Do you know? Yeah, praise. Giving God praise. Yeah, so we're going to pray up our praise. Great job. Thank you for remembering. I'm excited that you remembered. <sighs> Tonight, we are going to pray. We're, we're head twice. It's good. It's crazy. Sometimes, uh, I mean, somebody in this room really, really needs to hear it. That's what it means. So get your, get your little ears ready to go. Um, so yeah, we're going to bow down our heads in prayers of confession. That's what we're going to talk about tonight. It's going to be a little rough. I'm not going to lie. It's going to be, uh, it's a little heavy. So let's, let's, let's buckle up. Let's pray. Jesus, I pray that you help us to focus on you and to open up our ears and that when we're done with this, we're a little bit of a better Jesus follower than when we walked in. Amen. Guys, I'm in love. I'm in love with a show and it's called The Great British Baking Show. There are so many seasons on Netflix and I've seen them all at least twice. Yes. That does mean that I've seen a couple of them more than once. Um, it's a real problem, but I love it. If you don't know what it is, I love it. If you don't know what it is, it is a show where about 12 bakers get together in a tent in the middle of Britain, in the middle of the field. They're outside, and they start baking. They bake three things in a weekend, and then the worst of them goes home, and it keeps repeating until there's only three left and somebody wins. It is a beautiful show, and everyone should watch it. And I mean... No, it is wonderful. These people are incredible, and I love every single one of them. Do you know what I'm talking? Do you know this show? It is incredible. It is the best show that there is. So, the weird thing about this show is that all of these bakers are really good. Like they can sit at home and make a cake perfectly, but there's this weird pressure because they know they're on TV. There's a time limit which adds pressure to it, right? And then there's also this weird factor of them being outside in the middle of summer. So sometimes, it's too. They're sweating, and the cakes don't turn out because the chocolate's melting, and the candy, everything goes wrong. And it's all these things adding up on top of each other that, that make it hard for them to do, right? They are good bakers, but there's all these circumstances, all these pressures adding on top of them, and they can't bake correctly. What? So yeah, something gets in the way of them being at their best. It's kind of... So, so let's think about this in, in a way of running. So... I bet, I don't know. I feel like everyone in this room could run a half mile if you really wanted to. I think you can. I think you can. Yeah. Yeah. I think you can. I just recently ran three, and I almost passed out, and it was incredible. I almost passed out. Oh uh, No, you'll be fine. See, I, I can almost guarantee you that you can go half a mile. It's shorter than you think it is. But the second that you put like a, a weight vest on, people do that. People will put weights on their body and go running. Are you kidding me? I can't do that. 
I cannot do that. I can barely run as it is, but there's no way I can run with weights on. This is what Hebrews 12.1 says. This might sound familiar. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God set before us. So, in the same way the bakers have their skills limited by the pressures of the show, or how it would feel impossible to run if you had a bunch of weights tied to you, the writer of Hebrews is saying that our ability to follow Jesus will be affected by the weight and the pressure of sin in our lives. That's what he's saying here. So, let's talk about sin. What is sin? If you've been in Apex for a while, which I feel like a lot of you have, you've probably heard Pastor Chris talk about this before, right? He brings up the, the Hebrew root word of sin, which is... I don't know if I'm saying it right. It's like, it looks like that, so that's what I'm saying. Thank you so much. That is right. And that means to miss the mark. So, like, think about an archer, right? We, we've talked about this before. You've, Pastor Chris has literally talked about this before. You know, you pull back the bow, shoot at the target. When you miss the middle, when you miss the target... They call that sin. So when we miss God's plan for our lives, when we miss what God is saying, when we, when we do something that's outside of God's plan, that target, when we miss it, it's a sin. That's what sin is. God has a really good plan for our life, and he, he puts it all in the Bible. He gives us some, like, some rules to follow in the Bible because he has this great plan for us. And when we miss that plan, that's when we sin. And we can, we can miss the mark in so, so, so many ways. We can miss the mark by doing things God tells us not to do. We can miss the mark by not doing things God tells us to do. And we can even miss the mark by the way we think. That one is hard and rough and the one I mess up with probably the most. Um, Jesus tells us this in Mark 21, and it's, I'm going to paraphrase it a little bit. He says, yo, don't, you know, like, don't murder people because that's bad, right? Don't murder them. And he says, but I tell you the truth, even if you think, like, hateful thoughts towards someone, it's basically that you're sinning. And so... It is just also in our minds. So literally, no one can get away from sin because we're all going to be missing the mark repeatedly, repeatedly, repeatedly. But God takes this thing really seriously, right? It's what separates us from him. It's why some people are going to spend forever away from him, right? Because of sin in, in our lives. That's, that's part of the reason. And it's why he had to send his son down to earth to die for us. That's how serious he was about it. But if you are already a Jesus follower, what does it mean, right? If we're a Jesus follower and we miss the mark, what does that, what does that mean for us? Well, we, we know that Jesus' death on the cross, right, it, it covered our sins. So we know that they're covered, but when we're following him and we're, we're saved, what does it mean when we miss the mark? Paul talks about this a little bit, okay? He, he's talking about this in a, a letter he wrote to the Jesus followers in the city of Ephesus. He writes this in, in uh, Ephesians. Uh, he writes this in verse 30. He says, And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. God has created us in his own image, and that includes our emotions. So, so God has emotions just like we do. He, can feel, he feels happy, he feels sad, he feels angry. You can see it throughout the Bible. He, does, he feels all these things, and he shows these emotions. He, it says here, do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit. I don't know if, if you've ever uh, done something wrong and your parents hit you with the classic, I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed. It's the worst thing. I, yeah, I would much rather them just scream at me than to tell me that, that I've disappointed them. I don't like disappointing people. I don't like making someone feel sad. I don't know if you've ever made someone cry before. 
it's not a great feeling. And you kind of do your best, right? If you make someone cry, you, you usually go, oh, I crossed a line. I, I, I hurt this relationship, right? That's what you do when you, you, you've hurt someone's feeling. You go to them and you try to make amends. Sin can hurt our relationship with God because it grieves him because we missed the mark that he had for our lives. The thing about sin is that it will weigh you down and it will make life really difficult for you. But know this, your sin will never overcome what Jesus did on the cross, right? We're talking about sin a lot here tonight, but just remember, if you are a Jesus follower, your sin cannot overcome what Jesus did on the cross. So if you are a Jesus follower and you put your faith in him, God will never put that separation back between you, right? He's not going to put that separation back between you because Jesus paid too high of a cost for that separation to be fixed. So he's not going to put that back there. But what sin does for a Jesus follower, when we sin, when we miss the mark that God has, it takes our focus away from Jesus, that's what sin does. And it draws, so when it draws our focus away from, from Jesus and we miss the mark over and over and over again, God doesn't put the separation between us. We put the separation between us and God by sinning. Our focus goes away. And as, so if you were trying to hit a target and your focus moves, your focus moves, you're going to get farther and farther and farther away from that target, that plan that God had for your life. So you're going to move farther and farther and farther away. But here's the thing. You might be moving farther away, but God is stepping right behind you. So at any moment, he's calling you to come back. He's calling you to confess. And so even though we miss the mark sometimes, even though we lose our focus, he is calling us to come back. So if we go back to, to Hebrews and that verse about running the race God has set out for us, it, it's really about being a good Jesus follower, right? That's the race they're talking about, being a good Jesus follower, following him our whole lives. The very next verse, verse 2, says this. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. And perfects our faith. We can see that the only way to run a good race is to focus on Jesus. That's the only way we can do it, right? The only way that we can move forward in this, in this race, this following Jesus thing, is to keep our eyes on him so that we don't miss the mark. That's the only way we can do it. So we can't be out here sinning all over the place, right? Like, we can't just say, like, it's covered by Jesus' blood. Let's keep sinning over and over and over again. That's not, that's not how it works either. Jesus says this in John uh, 15, 5. He says, yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Without Jesus, we can do nothing, right? So if sin is taking our focus off of him, we're not going to be able to keep doing this thing that, you know, Jesus following. We're not going to be a good Christian because we're, we're not keeping our focus on Jesus. And a sin will start to weigh on you and will start affecting your relationships. Unconfessed sin will affect your ability to be the son and God, daughter God has called you to be. It will limit your ability to be a good friend or in the future, a good boyfriend or girlfriend, and it will seep into everything in your life and make everything so much worse because there will always be a consequence to your sin. So we have this sin in our life and we don't know what to do with it. So I'm going to tell a quick story and trigger warning uh, for everyone in the room. Um, pu puke, is in puke is involved. So... I have been a vegetarian for many, many years. I've been a vegetarian since, I don't want to talk about it, since I was about 18. Uh, and about five years into this voyage of being a vegetarian, I was on vacation and I met up with a friend who then told me that I should eat chicken wings. And I was like, you know what? You're so right. I should eat these chicken wings. It's the only thing I miss is chicken wings. Like the rest of the, I don't care about the rest of the meat. Like it's pretty gross actually. But chicken wings, I want chicken wings pretty much all the time. So I was like, okay, you know what, I'm going to do this. So we go to Buffalo Wild Wings, and I order chicken wings, and I eat just so many. I eat so many chicken wings. I was like, that was incredible. And uh, trigger warning, I threw up in a bush. 
that's what happened. My, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Outside of uh, Buffalo Wild Wings in Virginia, I threw up in a bush because I ate the chicken wings and as the flesh sat in my stomach and was upset with me, um, my stomach hurt so bad and it just my body started to hurt and I got sweaty and it was all awful. And then I threw up in a bush and then I threw up later in a toilet where you're supposed to throw up. But I just kept doing that repeatedly until I had gotten all of the uh, you know, chicken flesh out of my body and I felt better. Sorry, I told you, trigger warning, there was puke involved. I have tried vegan chicken wings and they're delicious. My favorite is cauliflower buffalo bites. You just, they are so good. Do they really? That's awesome. Okay. So after I got the poison out of my stomach, it stopped hurting and I felt better. In the same way, sin tastes good at first, but as sin stays in your life, it will make you hurt, just like my stomach hurt. So you need to get that sin out, right? You need to get the sin out of your life. You need, and there's only one way to do it. And weirdly enough, it's not by puking. You don't puke sin out. It be, feels probably would be easier, but no, it says this in 1 John 1, 9. It says this, it says, if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. We need to confess our sins to God. That is the praying down we're going to be doing. This is the next step of praying we're going to be talking about, right? We need to pray, we need to um, bow our heads down in prayers of confession. To confess means to come clean. It means to agree with God that his plan was right and that we missed the mark. When we do that, Jesus forgives us, and he can take all that was weighing us down away. He can take that away. So last week, we talked about how we start talking to Jesus, right? We talked about the importance of praising Jesus in our prayers, but the next component is this prayer, prayer of confession, right? It's confessing while we pray. So you can start out with your prayer, you can praise God, and then you can move into this next part of prayer, which is confession. It's coming before Jesus and laying out all that junk and all the times we missed the mark and, help, and asking him to help us to fix the messes we made. It says in Proverbs 28, 13, people who conceal their sins will not prosper. They're just not going to prosper. But if they confess and turn from them, they will receive mercy. Here's the thing about the confession is that we won't confess our sin until we are convicted to do so. As a human, you're not just going to start confessing your sin to God. Like that's not in our nature to do. We need, we, we need to, someone else needs to do that. Uh, well, one of the definitions of confession is an act of convincing a person of error or of compelling them uh, or, or compelling the admission of truth. Uh, who's, if it's not going to be us, who's going to do this? Who's going to be the person that, can, that convicts us? Well, it says, um, Jesus says this about the Holy Spirit in John uh, chapter 16. He says, and when he comes spirit here, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and the coming judgment. So that is what's gonna, that's what's, who's going to convict us. We, we talk about this when we, we talk about Alive in Five, right? The very last step of Alive in Five is that the Holy Spirit's going to be in our, in our life to help us, to convict us, and to help us to confess our sins up to God and to live as Jesus followers, right? To live, to run the good race. That is what the Holy Spirit does. There's an important difference, though, that we need to make between the conviction of the Holy Spirit and the voice of shame in our lives, Right? Because we're talking about a lot of things. We're talking about sin a lot. We're talking about missing the mark a lot. We're talking about how we mess up, and we all will mess up. And there is a very, it's a very subtle difference between these two things. But there's the conviction of the Holy Spirit, and there's a voice of shame. And shame has no place in our life as a Jesus follower. Jesus didn't die on the cross to bring us shame. So here's, here's the big difference between shame and conviction. Shame will make you feel bad and hopeless, right? Like, I keep doing these things over and over. I just keep doing this and I can't stop. I can't stop. I can't stop. That's the voice of shame. Conviction will be a motivation to change. Conviction of the Holy Spirit comes in and says, hey, 
this is wrong. Let's move on. Let's do something about it. That's the conviction of the Holy Spirit. So there's, it's a very subtle difference, but it's so important because if you start living in shame, it's gonna, that's also going to mess things up in your life. Shame says, I messed up. I better not do it again or God can't use me. While conviction says, I messed up. Time to ask Jesus to help me do better next time so God can continue to use me. Shame says, I missed it. Sin got in the way and now I can't have God's best. Conviction says, I messed up, but I'm going to confess and do my best to walk away from that sin because I know God's best is still yet to come. That's the difference between conviction and shame. And like I said, it's very subtle and it's hard to hear the different voices. That's why it's so important to be in your Bible and to know the voice of God. That's how we're going to know the voice of God is by being in the Bible. The more you're in the Bible, the more you're going to know the voice of God. The more you pray, the more you're going to know the voice of God. And it's very important to hear those two things because a cycle of shame will leave you broken and hopeless. That's where you're going to end up. You're going to think, I can't do this. And then you're going to end up walking away because it feels hopeless. But the good news of Jesus is that we don't have to sit in our brokenness because the conviction of the Holy Spirit is going to help us move forward. Here's a true fact about all humans, every single person in this room. We are not good at seeing our own sin. It is really easy to look at someone else's life and say, hey, you, I noticed that you were uh, being prideful earlier, or hey, you were gossiping, or hey, I heard you curse, or hey, you were listening to that music, I know you shouldn't be doing that. It is very easy to see the sin in other people's lives, but it's really hard to see the sin in our life. I don't know why. It's just our human nature to avoid something that's wrong. It, it could be a couple of things, actually, because it could be purposely not looking at ourselves because sometimes sin is fun. Sometimes it's just easier to keep sinning and we don't want to deal with it. But Jesus isn't asking us to do easy things. There's a, a prayer in the Psalms that is a really good one that I pray often because it is, uh, there's a lot going on in it. Derek, if you can throw on some music, that would be sick. Um, it is a Psalm 139 verses 23 and 24. And this is what this psalm says. And it's a prayer. This is him, you know, this is him praying. He says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path, path of everlasting life. I love this psalm because it is a prayer asking God to come. It's a, it's a tough one to pray and it can be scary because the Holy Spirit will. If you ask him to point things out to you, he's going to start pointing things out to you and then it's our job to start acting on those things, right? He's going to point them out and then we have to have the, the trust to say, okay, you're right. I need to handle this. I need to take care of the situation. I need to move forward, right? So it is a tough prayer to pray, but man, it is so good. I love this psalm so much. Know my heart, test me, know my anxious thoughts. It reminds me that when I don't trust God, that is also missing the mark. So I say, hey, know my anxious thoughts, help me to trust you. Point out everything in me that offends you, the things that I don't see. Help me to know anything that offends you. Help me to see all the times that I missed the mark. Help me to see all the sin in my life. And he's going to point it out. He will do that when you ask him. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to bow our heads down in prayers of confession. True confession with actions towards removing the sin from our lives. Jesus says this. He says that if your right hand causes you to sin, chop it off. Now, like, obviously, don't start, like, gouging out your eyes or, like, chopping off your body. That is not what we're saying. But we are saying... We are saying things like this, like if there's a specific app that you know that when you go to, it leads you to sin, delete the app. If there's music that you listen to that you know changes the way that you think and you start saying things you shouldn't, stop listening to the music. If there is a specific friend group that you know that when you hang out with these people, your, your mind changes or you start you know, doing things you know you shouldn't be doing, 
Maybe you have to walk away from, your, from that friend group for a little bit until you know that you can go in and, and go back and be a witness to those people. Jesus is very, very serious about sin. Like I said earlier, God sent Jesus down to die on the cross because of this sin. And it grieves him when we miss the mark. It grieves him when we don't do the things that he asks or not do the things that he asks us not to do. But just remember the difference in the voice of shame and the voice of conviction. Don't let shame get you down because we all make mistakes and we're not out here striving for perfection because, like I said, that is a place that will end up in a shame cycle of where you'll be. So and, and it, if you're trying to, striving for perfection, it will lead to shame or it'll lead to pride. You know, like I'm the best and that's missing the mark again. Because, you know, God says prideful is not, being prideful isn't good either. But what we need to do is we need to strive to be better than yesterday. That's what Jesus is calling us to do. How can we be better than yesterday? By asking the Holy Spirit to convict us and by acting on what he says to us. By bowing our heads down in prayers of real true confession and remembering not to let the shame come in, but the power of Jesus to help us do better every day. To ask God to search us and to know us. This isn't something that you just do once a week or once a month or even once a day. This is something that you can enact every moment of your day. As you're going and you realize, wait a minute, I'm not speaking the truth, you can stop, confess, and then ask Jesus to help you do better. If you are in your room late at night and you're Googling things you know you shouldn't, you can stop in that moment, you can confess to God, ask the Holy Spirit to come help, and Jesus and the Holy Spirit will come and help you. That is confession. It's, it's an everyday thing. It's an every moment thing. We, we talk about, we've been talking about prayer. God tells us that we should be continuously praying. And part of prayer is confession. We should be continuously confessing as we go throughout our day. I promise if you can get a hold of this, it's life-changing. And that the reason that we should try to get a hold of this is number one, because God asked us to do that because we love him and we want to do what he says. But number two, he has what's best for us in mind. So if we can get a hold of this and we can follow that path and stop missing the mark he has for our lives, our lives are going to be better at the end because of it. Not easier, better. That's something I have to say a lot and I have to remind myself. Life won't be easier, it's gonna be better though if we follow his path that he has for us. He's so ready to redeem any mistake that you've made and to take what was bad and turn it for your good. So if you're thinking about mistakes right now, don't let the shame overwhelm you. Remember, Jesus has covered your sin and he's asking you to step out with the power with his power and to do better next time. So let's actually do this right now. We're going to take just two minutes and I want everybody, we're going to bow our heads down and we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal things in our life that shouldn't be there. That and, and while we're doing that, you can confess them as you go. Um, just let's bow our heads down and do that for just, just two minutes. That you sent your son down to die on the cross to close the separation so that we can pray to you, that we can have conversation with you. We thank you for that ability, and we are sorry for the things that we've done wrong. We confess them to you right now, Jesus. We, we ask you right now to help us hit the mark more, that tomorrow that we better will follow you more, that tomorrow we will open up our Bible and know your voice. God, I pray against the voice of shame in anyone's life right now. I pray that they feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit with action to move forward and not a cycle of shame that will lead to hopelessness and depression. Jesus, come move among us. And thank you that we get to pray to you. Amen. Thanks for listening to this Apex Student Podcast. You can listen to more Apex teachings by subscribing on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. 
We pray that this message has impacted your life and that you don't walk away without looking a little bit more like Jesus.